grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God for our meditation is recorded in Paul's second letter to Timothy, the fourth chapter beginning at verse 1. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, Be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. These are your words, Heavenly Father, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, two pastors, or rather preachers, were having a heated discussion as they rode together to a service at which both men would be speaking. At one point, the younger man, well-educated and sophisticated, observed, our views of the Bible are altogether different. To you, it is a book of laws. To me, it is the spirit of Jesus that matters. The older pastor replied, Then, sir, you'll have to explain to me how the Spirit of Jesus can speak anything other than God's word. The younger man answered, That is due to the law of evolution, pastor. The Spirit will lead us into the whole truth. What was valid in Jesus' day is not necessarily valid today. Not even his own words are so unalterable that his Spirit cannot change them. At this, the older pastor asked, How can you know what the Spirit says today? The younger man replied, It becomes a matter of conscience. By then, the older pastor had heard enough and concluded, it means then that the conscience is the highest authority. No, thank you. Then both you and I are lost. The conscience does indeed know quite a bit about the law, but it knows absolutely nothing about the promises of the gospel. Can the conscience tell you whether Jesus was crucified? Can it say whether he died for our sakes? Can it determine whether he rose again? Can it know that he is to return again to judge the world? These are the chief truths of the gospel. And no man would have the faintest idea of this if we could not read it in the word. Christianity must therefore cling to the word to the end of the ages. Or it must cease to be Christianity since it would no longer have the gospel of Christ to proclaim. Hopefully, some of you recognize those words since you were required to read them for freshman religion uh, from the novel Hammer of God, uh, the third section uh, by Bo Geertz. While this is a work of fiction, Geertz notes that this third part is semi autobiographical. 
the conversation I read also sounds like it could have occurred in our time, in an online discussion forum or during debates within various church bodies at their conventions or when the topic of religion comes up at a family gathering or in conversations with friends. These words also illustrate what Paul is talking about in his second letter to Timothy, that we are to cling to God's word in view of the final judgment. Not only are the words of our text God's word to a pastor and how he should conduct his ministry, they also tell us hearers what we should expect of those who are called into the ministry. The church's charge until Christ's return. In view of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, be on your guard. Paul's prophetic words to Timothy sound ripped from the headlines. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Doesn't this sound like the condition of not only today's secular culture, but of much of nominal Christianity? How often, when discussing topics like biblical morality, the person of Christ, or the way of salvation, don't we hear such things being said as, it's all a matter of your own interpretation, or that's culturally conditioned, or those are just myths and fables. Over a decade ago, as a large denomination discussed human sexuality, the study documents sent out to congregations stated that to base its teachings on the Bible only would be legalistic. And so our view of such issues should also take into account findings of social sciences such as psychology. It is, as the hymn writer observed, and ever is there something new devised to change thy teachings true. Impatient with that old-time religion, people are quick to turn to popular preachers promising prosperity and earthly success uh, to those who follow biblical principles. We are to be on our guard, lest we too develop itching ears that are quick to listen to God's word of law when it applies to other people out there who really need to hear that but shut out the message when it's pointed at us. What are we to do in the face of false teachings and fables? What is the antidote for itching ears? As Paul exhorts Timothy to be on your guard, watchful in all things, he is also encouraged to stay on message. The church's charge until Christ's return is to preach the word, the Bible, the scriptures are the only sure and reliable word given by inspiration of God, literally God-breathed. 
as words breathed out by God. The scriptures have God's power working through them and are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Not only are the scriptures without error, they effectively impart the knowledge of salvation and work faith in Christ. Stay on message. Paul writes, be ready in season and out of season. Is it only pastors like Timothy who are to be ready? Remember that Peter wrote to all Christians, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. How are we always prepared and ready? God has given us the scripture, which is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It is through reading and studying God's word, hearing it preached and taught, that we may be prepared ready for any and all situations, ready to make and take a stand for the Savior who gave his life so that we might have eternal life. God's messenger, the preacher, is to use God's word to convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. The church's charge until Christ's return is to stay on message Convince, correct false attitudes and mistaken ideas. Rebuke, preach what mankind has done and why God hates it, why at its best it is not acceptable in God's sight. Especially encourage. Encourage with the word of forgiveness and the promise of the gospel. Preach what Christ has done, that he has done it for all. That what he did is what makes it acceptable in God's sight. Preach that Jesus Christ has kept God's law and that he credits that to all. That he has paid the penalty for sin so that God has declared us not guilty. Preach that whoever believes on this has eternal life. Standing fast, preaching the word, showing them which side we're on. Any way you say it, our job is the same. The church's charge until Christ's return. We stand fast when everyone else is deserting. We share God's truth to counter the devil's lies. We preach the word. It is who we are. It is what we do. By God's grace, may it always be so. In these dark days of sore distress, Grant us, dear Lord, true steadfastness, that pure we keep till life is spent. Thy holy word and sacrament. Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we most heartily thank you that by your word you have brought us out of the darkness of error into the light of your grace. We beseech you mercifully help us to walk in that light, guard us from all error and false doctrine, and grant that we not become ungrateful and despise and persecute your word, but receive it with all our heart, govern our lives according to it, and put all our trust in your grace through the merit of your dear Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen.